Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. This is the post-football season, first post-football season show with my regular co-hosts, uh, Brian Manning and Jay Johnson. How are you guys doing? Good, John. How are you guys? I'm hanging in there. I'm excited uh, Excited to see the basketball team's success thus far and sad that our football season's over in November. Yeah, it was kind of disappointing for not only it to be over in November and nothing in January, but, you know, Saturday was, I mean, I got a chance to spend some time with my kids and, and doing some stuff, family stuff and everything, but it was kind of disappointing. You know, my camera just sat in the back of my office and that was vaguely, it was disappointing. I mean, it was understandable. We all talked about that before, but it was very disappointing and it kind of wrecked my post Thanksgiving weekend. So we have a lot to cover on that. We're going to cover that on this and talk about football in the last two segments. But Jay, you brought up the, the good news. The basketball teams, both of them, the men and the women are firing on all cylinders and we're seeing some good stuff. Hey, Brian, I went to the game last night with the guys playing Minnesota, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But Brian, let's since the last last time we got on, there's been a couple of games. What's so? What's going on so far? We're seven and one on the season, but until last night, we had played four games in a row that were decided by four points, uh, five points or less. In the Charleston Classic, we ODU battled us. I mean, we, we controlled much of that game, and they kind of made a push in the second half. And same deal with Penn State in the in the Charleston Classic. Then in the finals, I mean, we, we led late in the game, and every time I thought we were going to pull away in that game, they, they made a run, and ultimately we lost by two points. Charleston is not a bad program, but, I mean, if you're an ACC champion, it's not a game you wanted to lose, but it's as we discussed before we went on, I mean, you're seeing the uh, some of the game upsets that, that we've seen earlier this year. All the top teams are losing. And the Hokies lost one game, but they've against a solid program. It's not it's not as terrible as some of these other losses. And, and face it, the Hokies weren't ranked. They weren't a number one team losing to a, a nobody. But I think about the Charleston Southern game on Friday night was the one after Thanksgiving that had me concerned a little bit because, you know, I'm like anybody else. We're going to go. This is a six win team last year. Charleston Southern and I thought we were going to roll and then we never could get the double digits on them and every time you think we're going to pull away they hung in with us until a minute left in the game but ultimately in the when it's all said and done all, only thing that matters is the win you don't look back and see how you won it's the fact that you won and nobody remembers we got a big game obviously coming up on Sunday we opened the ACC season with weird to say number 18 North Carolina who opened at number one this season but Carolina's at number eight number 18 and they'll come to castle for the acc opener for both teams and on that day also we'll probably get into a little bit later uh, we're going to honor the seniors for the Hokies before the game against unc so hopefully that'll give the basketball team a little motivation but unc started number one but they struggled with with some teams struggled with gardner webb and they actually struggled with charleston who uh, they pulled away in the end but charleston obviously beat the Hokies. but then they, they played portland they, they they won that game by eight points and then they lost to iowa state and lost alabama they dropped down in the rankings but it's still a talented team i mean they were number one for a reason they they played in the championship game last year do i think they were a bit overrated coming into the season sure but it's still north carolina they're going to be a good they're an excellent program good team so baycott always worries me down low so that i see that game coming up i'm excited about it and 
We're seven and one right now. What more can yeah. you really ask for? Well, let's let's talk about down low because last night I was at Castle with a uh, big crowd. Sent you guys a couple of pictures. Not a huge crowd because it's you know the, the kids are just getting back from Thanksgiving vacation and so the Coliseum wasn't loaded, but there were a lot of people and. There's something a little bit different. What, what I saw was we saw the beginning of the game, Tech struggle a little bit. I mean, they were doing the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Tech struggled a little bit. And about halfway through, I mean, Minnesota was mus- out-muscling Tech, I mean, un- underneath. First of all, we weren't shooting from outside very much. And that right there is it's not concerning. I think Mike Young did it on purpose. But I think he's trying to get his team used to getting in on the boards and getting in underneath the basket and working under the basket. But Minnesota was really throwing some elbows in there, and, and they were getting away with some some interesting fouls. But it, beside that, what Mike Young did was something he hasn't we haven't seen very often. He had Basile and Poteet on the floor together, not separately, together. And he took over halfway through the first half, the team – turned around and took over underneath the basket for the first time I've seen in a really long time. Brian and I talk about this every once in a while when we talk about basketball, how Tech's got a really bad habit of putting the ball up from deep and then running back down the floor, and they don't get in and try to control the board. This one was a little bit different, and it also them doing it also generated that nice little run that put us up, what was it, 22 points or something like that? By the, what was it, about four or five minutes into this into the second half, we were like up definitely double digits, but I think it was like 20 points, 20, 22 points. So, so that was a different approach for Mike Young. He was, he was actually putting his muscle on the floor, and he was putting up with some fouls. You know, usually he, he starts pulling players real quick. You know, you get a foul, two fouls. He pulls his sticks him on the bench, and he was letting guys run with two fouls up. Or three fouls. Well, I think there's a there's a little bit of a misconception about Basile because he's six foot nine that he's a banger. He's actually more of a wing player than he is a banger. But the Hokies have needed him down low. If, if, if he didn't, if it wasn't for him in that Penn State game, we would have lost that game because down low in the second half he was a horse down low. He knew he had to take over down low. But it, most of his shots come from outside in three point lane, and we need him. We need him more down low. But he has a good. He's a very good shooter. It's encouraging for me when we win without shooting a lot of threes because we know we like to shoot the three. That's a, that's a, but you can't rely, you can't live on shooting the three because you're not going to be shooting the ball well every night. That's you just you might have a game where you you hit sixty percent and beat the number one team, and then you may have a game where you shoot twenty percent and lose to New River Community College. Seriousness, I mean, Basile has played. It's been a very good surprise. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised. I'm more surprised with how good he's been down low, and it's encouraging because he's a little bit of a two way offensive threat, and that's a good that's a good thing. And you mentioned Poteet earlier. I really like him because he's not going to be a guy that's going to score a lot of points, but he brings a toughness. He's obviously big, he's tall, and he's got some bulk, but he's he's tough, and that's what you need. Kind of an enforcer. You know, UVA always has that enforcer down low, and I think yeah, kind of it's kind of what he is. And and you know, Lynn Kidd's been getting a lot of minutes too. So. So Kid is more of a classic tall guy. You know, he's he's a little bit more lithe. He's he's a little bit less muscly. Poteet's a, a tackle. Poteet could could step onto Warsham Field and play defensive end. 
Before we close and move on to the women's team, I, I do want to say it's important to know we've been without Rodney Rice, the four-star guard, you know, our freshman, who was one of the top recruits in school history. We've been without him the first eight games. And to me, I don't think we're going to get him back till the 1st of January. I think they're going to play it safe. But I'm anxious to see him on the court and, and what he'll do for the team. But that's important yeah, to know right that we're missing a key, a key piece. Yeah, we are. But with Padula doing what he's doing, well, Rice it's not start. missing too much sitting starting over Padula anyway but Rice was going to be more of a six man Rice was going to be more of what Darius Maddox did last year yeah and Maddox did it again last night so it was I mean, overall the, it was a good win it was a good the three win the, the three and D and the energy off the bench is more what Rice was going to bring in the media uh, this year yeah so when we come back from the commercial break we're going to talk about the women's basketball team and they're number nine now which is really cool so we'll be back after this commercial break Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Talking Turkey, presented by SB Nation's Gobbler Country. If you haven't already, like and follow us on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, at Gobbler Country, and check out the website, gobblercountry.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Look, we were talking about basketball, and we're not forgetting the other basketball team. The women's basketball team is tearing it up this year. They are now currently, as I said before the break, ranked ninth. This is the highest that this team has ever been considered or voted for in an AP poll, and it's pretty impressive, isn't it? Brian, I've seen several of the games. It's just really amazing to see the fact that Kenny Brooks has put together a team with the core, which was Liz Kitley at center and uh, Kayla King at forward. And then George Amor, who were the three people that pretty much stayed behind as everybody graduated or left or moved on. And then he supplemented them with Taylor Soul and Kiana Trailer and Ashley Ayusu. And that is the core group right now that is pulling a, a pretty amazing number of points in and pushing some serious uh, win losses, as in zero losses. I'm pretty stoked about it. And the possibility of this, this team going wire to wire, at least ranked for a long time, is pretty good unless somebody gets, you know, unfortunate, something unfortunate happens. So what you got to say about it, Brian? I think anytime you have, uh, I mean, not knocking any other players, because you mentioned Georgia Moore is an all-ACC player, but when you have Kitley, who's arguably the best player in college basketball, when you have that kind of talent on your team, a true low post threat, it's it's hard to beat. So I think the Hokies are going to be hanging around the top 10 all year. I'd like to see them get in the top five, but this is a team that can really challenge for a championship. I truly believe it. And, you know, I look ahead at the schedule. We talked about the men's team having to face Carolina on Sunday. The women's team got a pretty big game on Sunday, too. They're heading, they're playing the old Tennessee Volunteers down in Knoxville, and we know what kind of program Tennessee's had. Jay, what, what do you think of what's going on with the with the ladies. I've just been looking at the scores and they are destroying teams. I mean, the Longwood game, what did they hold them to 28 points? I've been pretty yeah. impressed with the defense. I think that's the second game where they've held them held a team under 30 points and 
their defense is, I mean, I know that these aren't like the big teams, right? We're not, we haven't started the ACC schedule, but it's nice to see that teams that we should be able to not only out athlete, but just outplay across the board. We are doing what we expect to see, which is just straight devastation and scorched earth. And that makes me happy. Yeah, the last game, I felt sorry for Longwood. I had to write it up because I committed to write up the women's games. I had to write up the Longwood game, and it kind of hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry. And not, not that I want to see us lose. I, I, I want to see I, – I just don't want to see somebody destroyed that badly on the court. Everybody I do, 100% all day, every day. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. Absolute <laughs> devastation. Yeah, yeah, John, because when you had to write up some of those recaps on the football team, we deserve this. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. I want it. Okay, guys, I want it. I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see more of that. I just want there to just be carnage all over the court. We'll get a little measure of a uh, little measure of revenge from the men and women on the basketball court. We'll see if see if the blood flows in Castle. It's not flowing on Warsham Field for change. Okay, which is brings us to the topic that we're going to discuss for the rest of the podcast, and that is number one: the b- football season is now over. Ladies, I know we didn't devote as much time as, but but we will. We'll be keep keep it covering you. But we need to wrap up the football season now. And the blanket uh, got thrown on us because of the unfortunate circumstances with with UVA. And our hearts go out to them. But we also wanted to mash the living snot out of them, too. Excuse me. But that's just football. And we didn't get a chance to do that. Um, that wasn't going to change either <laughs> program season. No, it wasn't. I mean, it was just going to be personal satisfaction. No, it was just personal satisfaction. That's all. I mean, I, I understand why UVA didn't want to do that. I think some of the more interesting things to take a look at right now, though, like we should mention that we ended on a high note, man. I didn't think we had a shot at beating Liberty. And based on the offensive play, I really thought it was about to get ugly real fast. Let's be honest. Liberty played real poor. That that football team did not play up to their, their previous standards you know, that they'd well, established. All season long. Hugh Freeze had his mind on something else. Yeah, yeah he's think, a bit busy. I, I, yeah, that's kind of what I was about to bring you know, up. I was everybody's sitting there saying they're like, oh, Auburn's going to regret that. I'm like, they're going to really regret being in the SEC championship in two years. I'm sure they're going to be talking about Hugh Freeze's past when that's going on. Like, uh, it, uh, I feel like we missed on that so bad. We should have at least interviewed him. Well, W's, W's always heal all wounds when, when it comes to that, including pig suey, pig suey. Yeah. But at least... Our defense is what really won that game. Like we took advantage of the opportunities that were provided. Like what we were going into that game with only was it seven total turnovers, and we had two that set up to like just made life real easy for the offense. And the defense won that game. I mean, barring the ODU game when Grant Wells had four turnovers, that is the worst football I've seen him play. Like it looked like he was lost on the field. Like he couldn't even make decisions. I don't know what was going on with him. I don't know if it you know he was just surprised because he's definitely played more athletic defenses than Liberty defense but man he looked lost in the sauce that safety was really frustrating i was you have to yeah look at the camera angles if you look at some of the replays and the camera angles which were terrible i mean the camera setup was awful for that game but be that as it may you look at the camera angles and he was not reading the field you heard me because as we were going back and forth i'm going he's not reading the field he couldn't see blitzes coming he couldn't see the coverages happening. He couldn't see anybody bailing. And then when they zoomed in on him and he was he was doing the pre-snap reads, he wasn't reading. He was looking at the butts and backs of, of the offensive linemen. He wasn't. Yeah. It was like, he, I'm like, where are your eyes focusing? You know, I, I would have been screaming at him and the, you know, on the sideline in the phone going, I mean, we were all, eyes? we were all saying the same thing, you know, in, in the group text, which was just like, <laughs> this dude is not watching 
the field. And it was just the safety, I think, is the one that kind of took the cake because I don't even think he realized he was in the end zone at that point because it was just no. such a weird play. But I mean, um, the defense showed up. So that's if you, good. If you, if you just talk about this is why you just don't base a quarterback on arm strength because there's so much more into the position. Like he, if you just based it on arm strength and athleticism, we'd have a top a top five pick in this guy. But he he can't read the field. He can't go through progressions. And I'm not trying to to, to rain. I'm not trying to crush him because because the These kid puts facts, it all man. out. It's there. just observation. Yeah. It's a reality it, of Division One football. Yeah. The kid puts it all out there, and I'm not. And I think he's a good kid. And the teammates seems to like him, but. The truth is we can't win with that kind of quarterback play. And, and you know, I think we we probably win a few more games with better quarterback play. And I, I know that because the offense was absolutely horrid. And I okay. Think, well, except, okay. For Holston, except for Holston. Except for yeah, Holston. Yeah, here, here's, there's my point. Holston had his best game of the year. Uh, his, yeah. his the, best offensive line, the offensive line actually run, uh, was, was performing a, a good job of run block. I saw really quality line run blocking. They well, were they, having they grinded problems it out. Yeah, they, like, they, they did not having... have a sexy average. Like no. it was only three yards per carry, but three, they four, they grinded five. out a couple short yardage, like the two yard touchdown. There's a couple like fourth and shorts and third and shorts that they were at the beginning of the season. We would not see them be able to move the defensive line, and they they did it. And I was I was very impressed with that. And Holston and Dax got an invitation to the Hula Bowl, so that's cool. Good for them. Yeah, the Hula Bowl. Remember yeah. the Hula Bowl rule, where if you're behind, you get to kick off. I mean, you get to get the kick. Didn't you get to get? Didn't, you score a touchdown, you get to get the kick off uh, again. Didn't Shamari get to go to the? He's going to Senior Bowl. He's he? going to Senior Bowl. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, we're a bunch yeah. of honorable mentions for all ACC players too. There were. Dude, they were that's the wild. first time in the program's history we haven't put a player on first, second, or third. Team. No, it's Ever. all honorable mention. Yep. And when we come back from the break, you know, we're going to talk about some health issues with the program. I mean, there's something we all have been punting around a little bit and then seeing some of the Twitter feeds from some of the correspondents and, and writers and stuff that we, we track. And uh, we need to talk about that kind of stuff before we sign off. There's a lot of big stuff coming up. Yep. So we'll get to it when we get back. You can catch our podcast here at Gobbler Country on Apple, Audible, Amazon, Spotify, and our publisher, Megaphone. Follow us on Twitter at Gobbler Country and Facebook. Just search for Gobbler Country and look for our turkey. Hey, we're back. Instead of going over what we were going over, let's just start jump right into football discussion. We're going to talk about the program health and, and where we think things are going and how, how we're going to be covering for the rest of the the rest of until we start spring game, right? Until we start spring practice, because there's still a lot of football to cover. Well, so what's recru- recruiting is a big deal, and we'll, we'll obviously we try to stay on top of that, and hopefully we get some more good recruiting news. Hopefully the class that we have right now stays together, and we add a couple of prospects on top of it because we really need to. But yeah, I think we will. And I think, well, most importantly, we are six days from the transfer portal opening up. So in a week, we're going to start seeing a lot of movements in the transfer portal. I know. Um, it, look, I wanna, speaking of that, AJ, wanna, let's say DJ Harvey. Let's look real quick because he's going to be bye. the full plug. Yeah, he's going to be the plug. It's you like, lost. Okay, you lost. DJ, you lost to a freshman. Yeah, Bye. yeah. yeah you know, Give us your scholarship wanna, back. Thank good you. Luck. I'll, good I'll luck. say that. I, I want to say this about DJ. I, I was excited when we got DJ John. You and I interviewed him one time. Nice yeah. kid. 
I, I interacted with his dad on Twitter, just a good family and, and he's been raised well and talented kid, but it wasn't, it wasn't going to work for him here. And that's no knock on him. I really want him to go somewhere and succeed and get to the NFL someday. But if his heart's not on being here, then he needs to go somewhere else where and that he made opportunity the right call. He's a four yeah. star. Like he and he's not gonna be starting. Like he It's I mean, it's so and you knew when he came here from California, it's gonna be hard on a California yeah. kid to come to Virginia Tech and spend you know, it's just tough. And unless you're a, a blue chip quarterback and you're never coming to Virginia Tech anyway. But but the whole thing is is you know, with DJ, you know, wish him well, but we need the space. Yeah. We we need to I mean we talk about the transfer portal. We really need to be having a two way street with the transfer portal this year. We need to we need to we need a lot of guys to leave. And we need to bring a lot of guys in. And Jay, you mentioned guys already entering. I saw a big name right before we jumped on the air today. It was a Penn State quarterback Christian Velu is, is yep. his name. Six four, former four star passer. You gotta hope Tyler Bowen and, and Brent Pry have some connections Especially there. Especially Pry, I'm like, I'm, as soon as I saw that happen, I'm like, please God, well, Bowen, Pry, get on the telephone. Bowen was known for his recruiting. Ability. I was going to say Bowen was ahead of recruiting at Penn State. So, he probably so, knows that young man real well. Yeah. So let, let's hope this kid sees a chance to play. I think we have some talented weapons on offense. Uh, we were held a little bit back by the quarterback play. Offensive line play was up and down. I'm not concerned about it. Jay Rudolph is going to be just fine, but I, I'm excited about, about Rudolph is Rudolph is making some serious. You, you got to see. You got to uh, see the way it was working. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm without not the guys that get I'm, on the not, without not the guys in, that get on the field. I, I'm not getting into technical here. I just want to say I'm not yeah. not concerned about Rudolph. But he's going to be yeah, fine. He's going to do um, great. But but about Vela, what, what kind of an impact? I mean, and you know, it's not like we're getting Caleb Williams last year, like USC. But he he could be our Caleb Williams. He comes here a chance to play. He just I don't even know if he'll consider us. Yeah, but. But it's a, it's something I'm we're going to follow and be excited Penn about. State guy, he's got two Penn State guys that can get, that can put an arm on and, he, and stick a hand out and say, "Hey, please, we need to make those kind of connections." We also we got, need to. We, we've got a, one thing we've really got to get a hold of is this team has got to get a little bit more business like about its evaluations and a little bit less sentimental. What I want fans to realize, you remember a few years ago when the transfer portal started and we had all those guys go in the transfer portal and, and the world was ending. How many yeah. of those How many of those guys went somewhere and hurt us? I mean, let's be honest. Only one I mean, or two. <clears throat> We're really yeah, one. Right, and, and that was the first thing. Now, a couple of years later, we lost Nestor and Hudson. I hated losing those guys. Those are guys in the trenches. But, but you know, the fans are going to panic. We're going to see 10 to 15, 20 guys go in the transfer portal. And fans are not – some of the things don't – look deep enough that's what we need to happen yes we yeah. just don't we just don't need mansoor delane or daquan Wright or kelly lawson in the transfer portal no i don't think no. so either i, I, think, I think those guys are I think solid. it's gonna be your juniors <clears throat> yep. and above like dudes that are I, like the freshmen are about to take my starting job I, I think i'm so. going to leave i think so and 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 that's what we have to so the fans need to be patient when they see a bunch of our guys in the transfer portal I because i think our coaches are going to have some difficult conversations with some of these kids we don't. This is what we see for you. You need to go somewhere else. I mean, it, it happens everywhere. It's it's a fact. It, it's there, I don't think Brett Pry is going to go say I'm removing your scholarship, but I think he's going to have tough conversations to to free up some spots, and that's a good thing. So let's not panic when 20 guys enter the portal. We need the space. 
Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about, about making, you know, taking business decisions. We need to get more business-like in the way we we analyze and a little bit less sentimental. Yeah, there are guys that, oh, we put a lot of effort into them, and they it's like, okay, um, Farrell's too small. I'm sorry. He's just as a quarterback with our offense. He's Unless somebody comes up with a, a way better system that's a more pro-like system and, and a pocket passer presence, or something, you know, like the like a like a Wilson esque kind of kind of offense. He's just going to be good. too small. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was good. <laughs> He's a little old now, and it's time for him yeah. to retire. But he was. Well, really the other good. exciting date that's coming up is what the twenty first of December is early signing. It'll be very yeah. interesting to see who's committed early. Yeah, because I think there's probably starting players on on in this class. Yeah, Those guys right are going to start next year. R- right now, their entire class that we have. That we have committed right now, they're all intending to sign in December. So, and we got some guys I don't want to lose. So let's hope we get them all signed next month. I mean, some real gems like we talked about, Mansour Delane, and there's a mm-hmm. couple of guys like that in the, in the new in the class coming up. So let's just finish strong. Let's add a few more guys and let's hit that portal. This guy that I'm particularly interested in, Ishmael Findlater. I don't know if I said his name oh. correctly. An edge rusher, dude, six four, two thirty. You know, strength and conditioning is going to probably put another 15, 20 pounds on him. That's I'm hoping to see because we're undersized there right now, and that's going to be a pretty solid. Undersized and underfast. Well, yeah, but I, I'm hoping that he's not. He, but, he but, looks like he has the potential to be big and tall, which Josh we don't and have I were right talking now. about. Josh and I were talking about this on his drive home from work, and the big thing that we've got to do is this defense needs to be rebuilt to control the A gap. We've got to get somebody on the line that can. That means two tackles and a linebacker that can plug and control the A gap and keep it shut down. And then we've got to get two defensive ends that are not only fast and strong, but also smart enough that they're disciplined, that they don't penetrate too far. Because where we continually get killed to the outside and where our defense got gashed so many times was where when the defensive ends would get out of control and get too deep a penetration and go blowing by the quarterback. And and we need to learn how to kind of rush in the contain. And once they get that going, then we'll have, it looks like some of the athletes that they've got coming in the door are going to be able to cover the backside better. You know, it, it, we, we've got to figure out how to get that done because this team is going to have to be built on two things. It's, we've got to we've got to keep building the defense. The defense was successful. Finally, by the end of the season, it was getting better, which you could demonstrably see. The right people were starting to get filled in. I'm really excited about Lawson and Delane. They were wonderful. They were really good for the last couple of games, even if we didn't win them all. They were still tonic. They, they it just was great to see them on the field and and that de- offensive line. And I think we've got some decent talent coming in on the offensive line. We've got a classic coach who's really working with them. He held out a lot of guys. He didn't play a lot of guys. I think they just decided that they were going to play who they had at the be, you know at the top of the list. Let the and, and then roll them out and keep building, keep teaching, and keep conditioning the guys below 
I don't think that they wanted to salt too many freshmen and redshirt freshmen and stuff in. I think they wanted to build those habits and they wanted to keep them out of the hurt string. Tucker, really Tucker Holloway was another one of the freshmen that we, we didn't mention that, that I'm excited about with, with uh, Daquan Wright and uh, Kelly Law- Lawson wasn't a freshman this year, true freshman, but that class last year, a lot of some guys to be excited about next year. But as far as two positions that we're going to have to really hit in the portal, we're going to have to address defensive tackle and quarterback. And yep. that's all. And everybody else wants defensive tackles too. Uh, but um, we, we're not we haven't done a good job recruiting the defensive line in a long time and uh it's it obviously it's a problem so hopefully hopefully pry can address that i'm I'm a little concerned about jc price as the defensive line coach but and nobody wants to hear that but it's just a fact i was thinking about the same thing like you love how much he loves virginia tech it's like one of those situations where I don't know, man. Like I don't think we need to get rid of any of the coaches after this one year. No, I, I but like I would say by midseason next year, if we don't see some pretty significant improvement, there probably needs to start being some hard times. I, I just want to see three yards. I want to see three negative yards. I want to see at least two or three defensive linemen three yards into the other guy's territory on every play. If we're not doing that, then we're not getting enough penetration to really be an effective defensive line. And, you know, it, it, and that, that just makes it – you don't have to get the sacks. The idea is just to collapse and spoil the other guy's offense. If, it, if I'm a college coach, the two, position co- the two position coaches I'm paying a big money to are defensive line coach and offensive line coach. And that defensive line coach better be able to recruit – and that's where my concern is with J.C. Price. And well, I, let's and see what happens with J.C. Right? We have two guys in this class right now. We got two edge rushers. I don't see tackles on here at all. Got a lot no. of athletes. We're, we're I think count- they're. I think they're counting on the get, trying to get somebody well, out of the portal. We're, count- we're counting on Elijah Hughes choosing Virginia Tech, but Elijah Hughes may want to choose to go to USC. So especially if they get a, lot, a championship, a lot, it, it, a lot depends on that. We, we need to hit the portal, but we need to close on those guys. But no, I agree with Jay, and I think it's important to say let, let's get through this season. Let's give these coaches another a full off season in charge. Give him two years. Next year, if we don't see better, we need to get – we probably needs to show that he's willing to make some tough changes. Yeah. And that's and, always been Virginia Tech's head coach week. Even Beamer didn't want to make changes, man. They yeah, just never no. wanted to make changes. They hired no. their friends and were unwilling. And you sit there and, like, look at Nick Saban just run through people. I mean, yeah. mainly because they're leaving to be head coaches of other programs. But, like, he – he like business. It's business, right? It is. You it need is. to be a CEO. That doesn't just mean big picture stuff. Oh. That means you got to make hard calls. My parting was I saw one significant thing that a lot of people wouldn't notice except for geeks like me. The Liberty game, the defense was successful because Brent Pry handed the reins to Chris Marv. That was the reason why the defense stepped up. Well, because I mean, look, you had a head coach being a head coach well, and I a mean, defensive coordinator being a defensive coordinator. I, think, I, I agree with you, John, but let's let's be careful when we say that because that's that's assuming that Price sucks as a defense coordinator. And no, he was it just a very says good that one. he needed it. No, but but what it says what it means is Chris did a good job. job. That's what yeah. it means. Chris yeah, Marv did the good job. That's what right. I'm worried about. And I, I, what I want to say about Chris Marv is he's a first time coordinator. He showed. I mean, I don't I don't want to. I don't know if it's okay to say this but he showed balls guy who is you can cuss on these sp nation yeah. doesn't care yeah so so hey you know that's what he did and he won and, and, that, and that's what you want to see he gambled and i he made the mistake in the where, first half they went to prevent in the soft deep zone and they got and he didn't repeat that mistake in the second half he kept blitzing he kept putting pressure on the quarterback he kept going at it and guess what 
it worked because it always works. You never turn your back on yourself and win. That's where Prime made, to... made some mistakes this year. I think he played it too conservative, not just defensively, but with a lot of the fourth and ones. We were a bad team. I mean, go for it. I mean, because if these kids make Which we a, did. We did against Liberty. Yeah, we did. But if, if you're a fourth and one against Miami and you and you and and these kids get a first down, th- that's going to motivate hey, the entire team. So, hey, so we'll have to we'll have to end it at this. Who in the world knew that our kicker was a speed halfback? That's all I got to say on a field goal <laughs> attempt with a with a quick pitch to the kicker who does a really that even the announcers on the game go, oh, my God, that was a really good run. <laughs> So that I think we should leave with as a little ray of hope. Right, that that looked that looked a little bit better than the one we tried ninety nine with Shane and Caleb. Yep, which is kind of what I remember. So way back in ninety nine when we tried that get gimmick and it was with Shane Beamer. No, it was with Shane Graham and Caleb Hurd. Uh, yeah. right, Shane, yeah, your buddy yeah. Shane Graham. Yeah, yeah. So, but but uh, but that was I do remember that play though. I was like, it was, against, it was against Florida State in the national yeah. championship. I know they had the best athletes in the country. We were we were we were trying to get wide with a kicker. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to get out of here so that we can get it this edited it up. So, hey guys, hey, we, we'll, we'll get together again next week and talk about this stuff. And I'm sure we'll have more to talk about. So, right, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.